I've realized, as the host of a radio program that plays on dozens of stations nationwide and some even internationally, that if you can't poke fun at yourself, then there's no use in doing things in the first place because I, we, will always make mistakes. At least, maybe I can speak for myself. I always make mistakes and sometimes they're embarrassing. One of the things that was brought to my attention recently by none other than my radio producer, the gentleman that edits these programs, that there are a few words that I'll use more often than others, especially when I'm describing some of our gospel tracks. For instance, oftentimes when I'm describing the front cover of a new gospel track or a gospel track that's been recently redesigned by our lead designer operations manager, Austin Marriott, I use a term, eye-catching. Now, it's true for many of these gospel tracks. It's eye-catching. They they catch my eyes. But I realized I use that term a lot. But, if you'd allow me, I'm going to use the term again today. Because I have with me a gospel track that is, to a Christian, eye-catching. You see, on the front cover of this track titled, Where Are the Dead? Well, that, first of all, is a great question. Where are the dead? But it has, on this white background, kind of a vintage-looking paper background, it has, of all things, a skull. The bony head of a dead person. A skull, if you can believe that. And, I'll be honest with you, the first time my designer, Austin Marriott, put this together and said, hey, what do you think of this? We're redesigning this gospel track. Where are the dead? What do you think of this design? I'll be truthful with you. It caught my eye. And so I don't think it's out of place if I say this gospel track truly is eye-catching. has a skull on the front. It asks the question, where are the dead? And in subscript at the bottom, it says, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you and I have two choices in how we die. When we ask the question, where are the dead? There are two possible answers, and that depends on a choice we make while we are still living. We, you, can die in the Lord, as Revelations 14, 13 says, or you can die in your sins, like John 8, 21 says. You know, the Bible tells us, for all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. And the heart, our heart, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Jeremiah 17.9. That doesn't sound like a recipe for you and I to be granted access to heaven. The wages of sin is death. It's too true that each and every one of us, should the Lord tarry his coming, each of us will taste of death. We will pass over into eternity. The question is, what is our destination? Now, you may be asking, Micah, why are you spending so much time talking about this gospel tract? Why are you talking so much about where people are going to go when they die? The answer is twofold. Number one, because people will die. And there are two places they can go. Number one is heaven. That's where you want to go. Number two is hell. And if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will spend an eternity in a place of fire, but moreover, separation from God Almighty. That's the answer number one as to why I'm talking so much about this. Number two, though, 
is because our ministry was founded eight decades ago for this very reason, to tell people about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of the main ways we do that is through the printing and distribution, the worldwide shipping of gospel tracts all over the world. I'd love for you to visit BibleTracksInc.org. These tracks are free, if you can believe it. BibleTracksInc.org. And you can get the eye-catching gospel tract, Where Are the Dead? It's the one with the skull on the front, all right? You look for it there on BibleTracksInc.org. And we'd appreciate you being a part of our distribution network, partnering with us. We need you to pass out gospel tracts. We need you to pray for us. We need you to consider giving towards the worldwide distribution of these materials. Now, would you mind grabbing your Bible? Turn to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8. Nehemiah, chapter 8. We are just steaming through the book of Nehemiah. We've made some good headway over this past week, and I appreciate the fact that you have been a part of these broadcasts. If this is your first time listening, though, thank you, thank you, thank you. Greatly appreciate that as well. Nehemiah chapter 8, before we dive into the Bible study for today, and this is a good one because I think it, it, it kind of ushers us into some of the most powerful verses of this book of Nehemiah. We'll be looking specifically at Nehemiah 8 verses 1 through 8, but before we read that scripture, I'd like to invite you personally. God willing, in the very near future, around November or so, we will be hosting an open house, or should I say, a grand opening here at Bible Tracks Incorporated. You see, God has allowed us recently to purchase a new building. Now, I've mentioned in times past how much more effective and efficient this building is going to allow us to be. The layout is just superb. The amount of space, it's going to be phenomenal storage, all of these different types of things. And we want to invite you to come see it. We had such a great crowd at our last open house last year, but this one's going to be special because it'll be our first one in our new building. I need you to pray specifically about a couple things. Pray that maybe, even if you live three, four, five hours away, pray about possibly coming, but pray that all of the building renovations that we're going to talk more about next week will be done on time this coming week. The building project begins in earnest. This week, we are at the Midwest Christian Boys football camp here in Dwight, Illinois, investing in the next generation of young men. But next week, we are about to put our nose back to the grindstone because we have a lot of work to do. We have multiple teams of builders coming in, going to do a lot of great work. It's amazing how God has provided the exact right volunteer help and all of these things. It's all been in his timing. The costs have been kept so incredibly low and all glory be to God for that. But we want to invite you because we want you to see the finished product. Around November, maybe late October or so, pencil in maybe October 23rd or I think it's November 6th or 13th, somewhere around there, God willing, we'll determine here in the next few weeks and we'll announce it for you to be able to plan to be with us. I want to meet you in person. I appreciate the relationship that we have and many of you text me on my text line at 309 316-7240. But that's not the same as meeting someone in person. And so I invite you, come be at our open house. We would love to host you. It would mean so much to us if you came. Now, Nehemiah chapter 8, let's begin reading in verse number 1. Nehemiah 8 verse number 1 says this, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate, 
And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding. Pick out that word there, with understanding. Upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. Now he read the word of God, what this means is for hours, before the men and the women and those that could understand. There's an understand word again. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mathathiah and Shema and Aniah and Urijah and Hilkiah and Masaiah on his right hand. And on his left hand, Padiah and Mishiah and Melchiah and Hashem and Hashpadana and Zechariah and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. In verse number 7, we get another list of some difficult-to-pronounce names that I will spare you of. But the Bible says at the end of verse 7 that these and the Levites caused the people to understand, there it is again, the law, and the people stood in their place. Verse 8, so they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Let me ask this question to you today, my friend. Do you understand? It may be that you've listened to Bible studies like this, maybe even this particular radio broadcast, and there have been things that I have said that you have not understood. Maybe you've listened to preachers at your home church or, or maybe even online. and They've said things that didn't make sense that you did not understand. Now, first of all, there could be a couple of reasons for that. One, it could be a failure on my part, on the teacher's part, in not being distinct enough, in not enunciating properly, in not explaining the concepts and content enough. It could be that what is being taught does not make sense. You would hope, you would pray that all Bible teaching would be right and completely truthful and biblical, but we know that there are false teachers crept in unawares that try to lead silly folks astray at times. That could be another reason, but if the Bible teaching is right, and you have a desire to understand, and the Bible teaching is given in such a clear way that you should be able to understand, why might it be today that you do not? Is it because of some vast ignorance on your part? No, friend. That's not what I'm trying to point out. Well, the question I'd like to ask you today is this. Do you know the author of the book? It's very hard to understand where this book, meaning the Bible, is coming from. When the law of God is read, when God's people try to explain what the Bible says, and you can't seem to wrap your mind around it, it would be very helpful if you understood and knew the author, namely Jesus Christ. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. 
there is truly so much that we could unpack, and we'll probably come back to this set of verses next week. But I've got to ask your friend, do you understand? When I speak of justification and sanctification and salvation and the knowledge that you are on your way to heaven, and we talk about a gospel track like, where are the dead? Or one we mentioned earlier in the week, uh, do you know for sure? Or another question, have you found rest? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Do you even understand that question? If you'd like to know more, would you contact me? Text me right now. I'll give you the number one time slowly. 309-316-7240. I'd love to hear from you. Have a great day for His glory. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.